Today is February 27th, 2023. I'm here with David Chen. Hello. We're in the uh, abyss together. Abyss. Um, wow. Someone's Someone's been marinating on that midnight gospel. <laughs> we, we are. I mean, Zencaster is the abyss. Ooh, I like that. You know what I mean? I like when we that. step yeah. in here, we, we dematerialize mm. and uh, we just we just talk. Um, yeah. I'm munching on a onion bacon croissant. Onion bacon croissant. All right. I like it. Wait, what? Hold up. Onion bacon croissant? So yeah, like that's amazing. The, the onion and bacon is like incorporated into the croissant mm-hmm. or you like cut it in half and put bacon and onion no, on it. Incorporated, incorporated. Holy shit. Where'd you get it? Sophia stole from her work. Nice. Genius. So, mm. Maybe a little bit of residual ASMR from that. <laughs> <laughs> Apologies. There we go. Yeah. And how is, how is Sophia? Good, man. Um, a little out of sorts because we're having some guest over tonight. Oh. And I don't think, I don't think she wanted them to come over, honestly. Wait, her guests or your guests? Her guest. And she and she doesn't want to have him come over. I don't think so. I think she. I think it's a kind of a regret thing. Like, Ooh. just much, would much rather chill. If that makes sense. Ah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I see. Have you ever felt that? One way of those too? things. Oh, of course. Who hasn't? You know, like you organize something. Oh. It's a good idea in the moment. The time comes. It's suddenly oh. not as good as an idea. But especially like for you hosting know? and like bringing someone to your place. I think that's also. It takes a lot of energy. Yeah. So, um, so there's that. But I think other than that, the vibes are good in the in the crib today. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. What about you? Me, I think uh, I had. I think the story of my life these days have been a lackluster morning and then a redemptive arc throughout the day. So, mm. like this morning, I woke up, um, decided to skip out on my class for chemistry um and then went to my spanish class which was nice whenever yeah um but just you know felt off uh mainly because i had the morning spent in such a unceremonious way um you know i've i've repeated the same story i'm sure hundreds of times <laughs> on, on yes, this episode so um, that's not that exciting anymore. But, you know, I then had another class from 1.30 to 3. And then afterwards, I decided to, in the anthropology library, there's always like a puzzle out um, if you want yeah. to do puzzles. And I did that for an hour, which was really nice. And then I microdosed on some THC gummies and went climbing. So um, nice. Yeah. Yeah. I've been making some solid progress. I'm still on V1s and V2s. I, I haven't finished a V3 yet, although I've... Uh, there's one project that I feel like I can get. Just I, I just haven't found the right orientation, but um, that was great. And then I left for dinner, and and then the, the interesting thing is actually wait did I no after climbing I just came back home and took a nap. Mm. Um, so you can tell like a very slow day. And what's interesting is that since I dropped my physics class um i only have four classes now this is the first time i'm taking four classes in like a year and a half and i realize just how much time i have on my hands and it's a bit daunting honestly um mm. it's a bit scary and 
I realized that I think when I had five classes, a habit I developed was that I was so busy that I was squeezing time to waste time, like finding time to waste time. Um, and now since I have so much time to waste, that's actually not a really good thing anymore. So I'm forced into being more intentional about my time, which I think is the best gift I could have given myself, which was like, yeah. okay, you wanted space? Let me give you space and see how slippery it is to hold on to it. And Ooh, I, like that. I yeah. faltered, right? I faltered so far, but I've, I've picked myself back up again. And tonight was really good. I, I had, um, there was like this brief thing being held at our lobby, um, like a short 20 minute silent meditation. And the guy organizing it seemed very cool, but very, very detached, right? Not very, anyways, just like, I feel like there's people out there who I've met, and I'm sure you have met, who like perform spirituality, who like perform being this like wise sage guru that speaks yeah, very yeah. quietly, slowly and mysteriously. Like, bro, stop, you know, or I don't know. I'm being overly judgmental. That's, that's not very fair, but well, um, pause. I don't, I think there's so much validity to that, dude. It's, it's yeah. That's sh that showy like stereotype of spirituality is for right. me what turned me off of it for so long ah interesting yeah so oh i think i think that's what's the, that's the beautiful thing about midnight gospel is it's delivery is hilarious erratic it, like having comedians deliver it it ah uh, it one gives it like an endearing quality yeah and it takes away frankly the cringe of of this like performative stuff Right, like, because like humor and comedy already embraces cringe itself as like yep. a method, you know, and so you don't have you can't you can't critique it anymore about being cringe because that's its identity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so yeah, I guess there is validity to that. But regardless, I was able to take twenty minutes in a group setting to silently meditate, and I got there, man. Oh, I've only been there once in my life before this, and it was meditating with a friend of mine. And she like put on this like Tibetan bowl timer, so like every ten minutes it would like ding a bowl. Um, oh, nice. Very nice! And I remember I got to a point where I stopped feeling my legs, I stopped feeling my hands, and then my vision—it's literally psychedelic. Where, like, when you close your eyes, you kind of have this vague sense of blackness, right? But not just static blackness. There's like you know, things moving in your vision, brief flashes yeah, yeah, of yeah. light. And I see it as like my brain forcing, like force painting memories onto a black canvas, right? It's so yeah. used to thinking and so used to seeing that it starts hallucinating out of the darkness. Um, and when your mind becomes really quiet or when you start really kind of letting go or separating yourself from your thoughts, um, what's projected onto your kind of closed eyelid is like like a growing widening field of view of just color of like mm. it always for me it always starts off as purple like i notice that everything is like purple and it slowly like expands and i think the one psychedelic experience that i always almost like crave at this point which is not good but i, I do like i do see it as like the most it is the most incredible feeling in this life. And it's the feeling of like increasing awareness of scale, right? It's like that, it's like that point where you like, you know, we think about it intellectually, right? We're like, oh my God, we're on this earth in the solar system, 
unfathomable dis- distances between us and Jupiter. Yeah. And then to think about this galaxy and super voids between clusters of galaxies. And then intellectually, it's it's like quaint. It's like a toy. It's interesting to think about scale. But when you're on psychedelics or when you're in a psychedelic state and you and and then you go into those kind of chains of yeah. thought and you, you can like, feel re- it. Reckon, like it, it literally feels like your consciousness is widening and accepting mm. the kind of incredulity of the mm. void around us but void yeah, not yeah. it's nothing but shining right from the midnight gospel it's nothingness but shining and nothingness ultimately is inf- infinite right something is finite nothing is infinite um nothing as an object uh so anyways, um, it starts off, off as purple and then like it kind of phase shifts to blue and then it kind of goes kaleidoscopic and then I get a thought. My toe twitches and it like literally shuts off like a TV and then I'm, and then I'm gone and then I'm like, fuck, well, I got to <laughs> now <laughs> sit with myself for another 15 minutes to get back here. But that's the point, right? Like you're not trying to get to the state like you're some sort of Mario Kart level. Right, you're just being with, and when you're out of it, you're out of it. Right, it's all a game. If you want to, I don't actually like that phrase. It's all a game because it. it it's I don't like bit, it either. It's a bit nihilistic, and I'm and I'm trying mm. to like I see it not as a nihilism, but rather like whenever I say the term "it's all a game," I think of children playing, right, and and that kind of mentality of you are truly cared for in this world. I in this case by your parents. You have nothing to fear. And so when you have nothing to fear, all you want to do is to play. Right. Nowadays, mm. we look at a pile of leaves and we look, when we, when we see gangrene, we see um, disease, we see getting our clothes dirty. When we're kids and we see a pile of leaves, oh, we, are, we are nestled into the bosom of our parents and we feel safe and we feel happy. So we see a pile of leaves as a place to play. Mm. Right. And so, yeah. 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 It's, a, it's less of, um, World of Warcraft, more Minecraft instead. Damn! Would yeah. Wow. Well, if, yeah, yeah. I think, I think the goal of the secular life is obviously we, we we can't take off the VR goggles, right? I mean, in that case, we die, right? Um, yeah. We 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 will have our time to take off the VR goggles, uh, or I guess meditation and transcendence. I guess I guess that that's related to that. But it's I think brief brief glimpses. I say brief. Yeah, exactly. But while we're in our secular moments. What what can we do? And I think it's to play this beautiful game of life, not as World of Warcraft, but Minecraft. This beautiful Zen approach to the material in your life, in your world. The, no objectives uh, unless unless you want to. Unless you want right? to, exactly. There is there could be yeah. objectives. You can name your objective. You can go slay the Ender Dragon if you want. Sure, and maybe the Ender Dragon is in this metaphor your ego. Hmm. Yeah. Speaking of that, I have questions, David. Mm. I have questions about the ego. Mm. Because I, I've never really understood ego death. And, and it's also been ruined for me, that phrase. Because time and time again, I've heard people say like, oh, my ego, it's gone, died. And then they just continue to like do the same things they did. Still, obviously, have an ego. If that makes sense, and and I'm just like, ugh, ugh. Like, what does this phrase even mean? Like, what does it really mean? And then, so I thought about it. Like, oh, is it a realization that 
you were just a channel and not actually the river. Like you, you get to decide like it's the realization that like your emotions, your thoughts, like your memories are all just kind of running through you and you get to decide what is real and what is not. You're talking about like, this is, this is the, what ego death looks like. Yeah. I just, I don't, well, cause I'm, I'm I think wondering... it's just, it's said, it's said by so many people and so many people have said who've experienced it, but like, what actually is it is really what I'm getting at. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, like in your mind, how you see ego, what does ego death look like to you in its like ideal form? Like what does someone who has, who has their ego died look like? I mean, I guess it's someone who isn't concerned with one society, some sort of like societal pressure or, or materialistic goals. Uh-huh. But even that's like, I don't, you know, I, I, there's definitely egotistical people who, who don't give a shit. Uh-huh. So it's like, I, I don't, I'm not sure. Are you, are you more asking me like in my personal life, like what things would I let go of that are considered like a part of my ego no it's more like i mean i think ego is such a it's such an empty word let's first be honest like it's such an empty word we have no idea what it is right the, the closest thing we we understand from it from a western perspective is what freud wrote about right and even mm-hmm. that that's like has its own flaws and so and so like people are saying the term ego death without really having a kind of a consensus of what ego is as what you i think you mentioned so yeah. i'm more curious to you like with what you know and believe of what ego is, what does ego death look like? Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a letting go, mm. right? I think it, I think that's almost like implied. Right. It's a letting go, um, and it's a it's I guess it's like a form of carelessness, but 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 like you're still very. But, but like you care about the things that you've always should have cared about instead, mm. if that makes any sense. Um, but again, like I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of directionless on these thoughts. Like these are right. These, these kind of feel empty to me. I mean, you know? kind of a, a person who has experienced ego death would also be directionless, wouldn't they? I guess so. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I, I'm asking these questions not not to like you know get you to get you to some point. It's also for my my own ponderances because it's not like i don't think i think for when i first heard of the term ego death i imagine someone who has gone through ego death as being like this cathartic or not, not like like comatose like white-skinned ghost that like has all of its life juices sucked out of him right because i i, I mm. kind of visualize the ego as yourself right literally your entire identity built up around the social and the personal and how that's kind of interplayed, right? And so if you if that dies, will you just be left with your basic, you know, respiratory functions <laughs> and, <laughs> uh, and, you know, just a body that can keep on ticking, right? Yeah, so that's what yeah, I yeah, thought yeah. at first. Because well, that's what I thought ego was. Ego was yourself. And when you killed yourself, well, you know, everything that would make yourself yourself is gone. And what's left? Your fucking body, you know? Yeah, and obviously, yeah. as I continue to learn about how people describe what ego death is, right? Um, mm-hmm. Michael Pollan. See, I, I also went through this kind of existential thought process recently because I, I met with Michael Pollan, the, the guy who wrote and and like has his like Netflix special on how to change your mind, basically writing about oh. various kinds of 
yeah, 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 yeah. I checked that out a little bit. Yeah, yeah. He he's the guy who wrote the book on it. Um, cool. And he 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 talked to me a bit about his ego death, right? And he like he was tripping really hard on I forgot what I think it was ayahuasca, and he was able to visualize his entire ego, his entire self, his identity as a single post-it note, right? Which I think now that we've seen Midnight Gospel and gone through our own psychedelic experiences, we see how that can be somewhat plausible, right? When we reach out to the far expanses of kind of the cosmology around us, we can see ourselves as rather insignificant, but not in a, in a nihilistic way, in a way that a leaf is able to finally see a tr- its tree for the first time, right? And, and recognize... Mm massive structure that it contributes to truly massive like imagine a redwood leaf a single redwood leaf falling when it dies and as it falls it notices the giant redwood that it belonged to that's Mm. what i think ego death is and in the midnight gospel episode it talks about how the orgasm is the little death and so in some sense death is the big oh sorry orgasm is the little death and death is the big orgasm right? Mm. It's the relinquishing of the self. And that's what I see as ego death. And Michael Pollan, he says, I saw my entire identity, like my entire self as my ego as a single post-it note. And then it just disintegrated. It just, it just flew into the, flew into the wind as dust. And what's left is nothingness, but shining. He didn't say the last part, but that's what I'm referring to in the midnight gospel, right? Yeah. 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 Once you recognize that, that when you emerge from that, that that is what orgasm feels like, honestly, right? It's this immense. I mean, that basically, post nut clarity is a brief, brief sense of ego death. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. Right, and so that's yeah. I think phenomenologically how we can build up this idea of what ego death is, and therefore what ego is. It's self, but as constructed. Right, and that's why I okay. think people who go yeah. through ego death and then emerge and then get re-emerged back into society would go back to their because their their self becomes instantly bit like instantly filled up again the moment they step back in. Right, Joe Rogan will go uh, on a fucking the ass DMT trip, emerge as a naked baby, right? <laughs> but then he has a podcast tomorrow. Instantly, he has money, he has kids, he has everything, and it just it fills up his cup almost instantly back up together again. But the point mm. is, is that this cup now has memory of what it was like when it was empty. And that so there's independent it. value to that experience. Yes. Yes. I see. Because that's that's the frustrating thing. It's like it's like you know what I mean? Like someone saying their ego died and just like immediately returning back to their egotistical self. It's like mm. that's always frustrated me for some reason. Well, because like we think of um, death as final, right? Our death is final, as far as we know, but our ego, our self, death is not the same. You know, mm, the ego yeah. is, doesn't have just one life. Apparently, it could be regenerated, re reincarnated, or just yeah, simply filled back up again. You know. I see. Yeah, that makes more sense. That makes more sense. But but is there like um. Is there something that's a little more nuanced than like just becoming a baby and like fucking being reborn or like 
you know, it's like shooting off into particles into the center of the universe. Like, is there something a little more like subtle that you can do in the day to day and in between your actions mm. to sort of like get you closer to that Shit. in a more like incremental way? Because like for me, it's like I, I, I feel like there is there's just there's kind of beauty in the subtlety of doing of going about these things, and I feel like when you when it's a journey to get there, rather than just like I'm gonna hit this dmt and like see you later (laughs) like i feel like there's the lessons that you gain from that from that 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 just slow and that that like slouching and that approach to ego death to me would be almost more beautiful in a way Mm. and maybe longer lasting i don't know what the the word i'm reaching for it but do you get what i'm saying i do I do, and and I guess to be clear, right? I think we are all destined for ego death, right? I think our ego dies right before our soul dies, or however you want to call it. Um, mm. I think we are granted ego death at the last moments of our life when we relinquish the self and we return back to the cosmological soul. Mm. So it's it's what you're describing here is literally life. Right, is the slow process of living through this illusor- illusory reality, growing old and looking back on a life that was completely lived and trying to find purpose in it. And mm. people will hold on to the fact that they had a purpose until the very last moment when they realize that their purpose was to be born. Mm and to exist sure i don't even know right obviously i haven't died before but yeah and and isn't there like actual like neurochemistry that shows that there's sort of a psychedelic experience yep at like right before death as well well you know so like we express dmt in our brains right that's actually yeah, how exactly, we, exactly that's how we perceive our world is using this chemical um and there's been studies of like at the moment of death, the amount of DMT in your brain gets like all dumped out of its reserves to the point of twelve thousand percent increase. So you can imagine like what death may feel like. I mean, is is there not like an, an entire independent field of studies surrounded by just that one fact? Like what's how does that even happen in through an evolutionary lens? How do you, how does it, how does the brain know just to like, oh, you're, you're about to go. Okay. Let me, <laughs> let me send you to space real quick. Well, no, okay. I mean, I mean, your, your brain lets go of everything, including like your bowel movements. Like you shit yourself when you die. It's a letting go of everything. You, you, it's like your, your entire life, you're, you're tensing up. You're, you're, it's like, you know, that feeling when you like finally relax your face and you realize how many muscles you had tense. Uh, that's what death is and then one of those muscles just happens to be the muscle that controls your dmt's reserves and it's the story of us <laughs> humans we, we go through that experience or we can imagine that experience if we take dmt or any sort of psychedelic experience and we can tell that story of what that is that is experiencing god and ego death right but from a from a neurochemist's perspective and someone who hates you know thinking metaphysically he'll just say oh yeah your brain loosens all your muscles and including with that your entire dmt reserves 
<laughs> oh, which wow. is the fucking better story? You know? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and one just like, mm. and you can you can combine these stories. That's the thing. Like, I don't know yeah, why people yeah. but, exactly. You know? Yeah. When I when I had my first LSD experience, I remember like I was thinking about it was so useful to have like basic neurochemistry being known because i was i was imagining my mind being activated by this lsd compound and yeah. just triggering these new patterns of neural firing that is shooting across my brain and then suddenly i realize my brain can talk to itself i can talk to myself yeah. and that realization was like like i remember i heard the softest of voices in my head of like i'm here and like who is this right and then, like, yeah, I slowly yeah. began to like, holy shit, this is me. <laughs> and then, my, and then my hand yeah. like, slowly raised up, and I like, I moved my hand, and I was like asking myself to move my hand, and I was like, oh my god, this is this, and and that's what the midnight gospel episode was also talking about. Like, we fear, we honestly fear that thought. I am as I am. I am as I am and, and be here now. These are incredibly scary thoughts, I think, because it's revelation. And we are scared with revelation because mm-hmm. that means we've, we're done in some sense. Yeah. I think that's the masculine energy that, like, I'm, I'm starting to really understand what masculine and feminine archetypes are that aren't connected to gender at all. Right, we associate them with gender because that's how it's historically been constructed. But masculine and feminine energy, how I imagine it, masculine energy is what it feels like to look up at a sequoia tree. And feminine energy mm. is what it feels like to be at its canopy and being enveloped by its branches and leaves and feeling the sunlight with it. That at its core, mm. I think, is what masculine and feminine energy mean to me. Right, One is kind of the sheer almost fear factor of scale and immensity and wonder wonder to the point of you you hear that term fear god right that's that's the masculine expression of god and then you also hear in the same breath god loves you and that's uh, the feminine. acceptance and being brought in being brought in being hugged having your hair run through by fingers and it's achieving that balance per se it is recognizing that we are all built with both of those in it. We are manifestations. I, mm. I mean, yes, we were separated by that in, in some sense, right? We, we have male and female energies to, to cohabitate and, sorry, masculine and feminine energies. I, that's the part I guess I'm not too sure because, yeah, we, there are males and females, right? But I <laughs> yeah, think, I guess so. But I think... I think we are, I mean, same, like, fuck, we invented the iPhone, right? I feel like we're at a stage of, you know, intellectual evolution <laughs> to recognize that we can be more fluid in our adaptations to masculine and feminine archetypes, right? Are, are we yeah. so, are we so de-evolu- de, are we so unadvanced to be like, no, this guy with a penis must express only masculine archetypes and this woman must only express female or archety- oh, feminine archetypes and now yeah, fuck yeah you know? well and, and i think i think there's low-key one of the easiest ways to solve that issue is just to make anthrop cultural anthropology a mandatory course to take in high school Ooh, just yeah. just to take one moment to, to like just one chapter in a textbook 
that shows gender across different cultures, just so you have the idea planted in your head that it just doesn't matter and just varies depending on where you are in the world, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. um, But man, you get those, one, I mean, the biblical, the Bible lays it out for you, you know? So yeah, I mean, that's just one definition of the many out there. Yeah. I think I realize, you know, um, I'm, I'm curious for you, and this is this might be a biased mm. question to ask you. If go you were on, to be stuck on. on a deserted island forever, assuming that you can survive off food that you find, and you had the choice between being able to listen to every music that you have downloaded on your phone or have access to a Bible, what would you choose? All the music that I have downloaded. Um, yes. Not so. You, it's not like you can stream, but everything. Sorry, you I don't. I don't have access to every song, every ever. No, no, that that I think is a bit too easy. <laughs> That's rough. That's rough. But I would probably go with music. Mm. I would probably go with music. Um, but but it's hard to say. It would be nice to have those stories, you know. Um, and it would just it'd be nice to have some sort of like spiritual guide. Um, yeah. Even if it has its flaws, you know, it, it's just nice to be grounded with something. Right. Um, but music grounds me, you know, and music is just pure feeling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, so there's just beauty in that as well, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's hard. I think, I think, I think a month ago I would have picked music. But now I would pick the Bible. Mm. Even the fact that I've I've seen how some people interpret the Bible and it's so beautiful. Because yes, yeah, you can yeah. overlook the fucking verse in Matthew that talks about stoning women, you know? Because we're God ordering warriors to smash babies. Yeah, like like I hate how people call the Bible the God's word because I think it's misleading. I, I don't care if this is like going against a lot of people's this is just my belief, right? Ultimately every single word on here was written by man's hand. Yeah. Right. This was written by man's hand. Your source? Sure. Call it God. Absolutely. Go ahead. But this is man's hand. And ultimately man's hand is imperfect. And therefore, man's interpretation is imperfect too. Mm. And so I think I I've witnessed God through writing when I get to see beyond what it's saying at its first level or at its second level or at its third level, or you maybe even at its fourth removed level, but to keep peeling back the layers of the onions, I actually disagree with the peeling of the onions metaphor. I think it's actually adding layers of onions. Mm. The more layers you add to the onion, the more it looks like God. I think God is the infinite onion. It begins to bloom. The more, yes, yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you know those like it's more, yeah, it's more taking it apart, just yeah, actually getting into those crevices as well. Exactly, it's not about breaking down into simplicity. No, it's about building into complexity where you see God. Yeah, breaking it down, like r- wrapping it apart, all you get to is nothingness, right? Because eventually, that's that's where you get to. Once you once you peel something back further and further enough, eventually you get to nothing. 
but it's about building the infinite layers and you won't get there obviously but to even just imagine the infinite layers is already enough to imagine god yeah so that's what the bible is you can read the bible at infinite times and only after that will you recognize god's word Mm. yeah yeah the bible the bible (laughs) and it's the same thing with copies what really yeah all john wendell gifts (laughs) dude i feel like john wendell man's well (laughs) i I also know that molly also experienced the negative effects of religious (laughs) yeah definitely but 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 ended up turning back i told you about that right turning back what do you mean yeah like i mean our entire relationship you're definitely agnostic for sure the whole time and then um yeah we broke up and, and about a few months later i had a coffee with her and she was like yeah I'm, I'm, i think i'm christian again and i was like wow wow did, did and she... uh, i regret the way i handled that conversation actually to this day Ooh. i i sort of was like i was sort of frustrated with her I was like, you're telling me, like, after all the pain that that world has inflicted on you, and after all of the stories and trauma you've shared with me, like, you're just going back? I'm like, who are you? Like, I just felt, like, so confused, and I feel like I didn't know who she was anymore. And I'm like, are you, are you changing for the sake of changing? Or are you, like, is, is there, are you present in this decision? Like, I just don't understand. Um, and she just sort of wasn't giving me any answers beyond like, yeah, well, I just believe in it now. I just do. Hmm. Yeah. And, um, and it's just, it's really not what I want to hear because it's like, you're already, if you're subscribing to Christianity on like an authoritarian level, like a true, like, I believe every word this book says, like you have to accept that other views on this world and other like beautiful schools of thought and spirituality it's all fake it's not real yeah you know yeah and so i was just frustrated <sighs> it's like i don't know like are you're doing this because you're insecure you're doing this because you feel like you have a lack of community you're doing this because you've contemplated death and you want an easy way out Ooh. like and, and that's not okay is this what you thought or is this what you th- like is this how molly you think is this is literally what i said to her oh shit yeah oh and what 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 did she say um how did she react well uh she started actually like telling me like certain quotes like and then I, i sort of like brought up like the whole like why can't you just believe in like nothingness and like being like returning to just like an even dispersal and like and she was like yeah like what's the quote about ashes like people to ashes and then back to yeah yeah she sort of like said that quote i'm like yeah i mean it's a good quote (laughs) but like i don't know i just don't know i just got frustrated and that was really before me literally understanding anthropology and and instead of being frustrated with her i should have just shown interest you know yeah but but i i kind of let i let emotions get to me instead of just letting it kind of glide through yeah and maybe partly it's like insecurity from our end too that inf- and informs that, right? Like we see someone who, who is finding faith, and and we see that as a threat. 
Because yeah, faith goes against what we've built up as a protection, which has been reason or rationality. Yeah. yeah. And faith faith scares that for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I, in many ways, I almost owe her an apology. Um, mm. But I think she'd rather just not hear from me anymore. <laughs> so. I don't know. I mean, I think you can still throw that out there and, and expect no response, but just have it there. Um, both for your sake and I'm sh- almost guaranteed that's gonna that's gonna sit well in her heart too just to like see that a you've thought about this and that you've reflected on it and even the memory of her in your head has changed I think that that's a very meaningful thing to just throw out there into the wind something that mm. I think I would always want to receive by anyone who I think I've grown distant with just to see that they've their memory is still working with me and that me in their memory is changing for the better. Mm, yeah, you're right. I've I've just been apprehensive with that idea. Mm. You know, I've I've just reaching out to Molly in any form, and like I, I've just avoided it. I've avoided it. And yeah. I I just don't want to come off as like <sighs> obsessive or like desperate is another thing. I mean, it's rooted in insecurity. Yeah. I mean, I I, I am genuinely interested in who this person has like grown into and like and the things they've learned and the things they've studied and the revelations they've come to and i really want to hear about it like i do and that's coming from like the best part of me Uh but but i shoot it down every time Hmm. shoot it down every time yeah 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 well i think if you text her feeling desperate you're going to come off desperate but if you text her with just a simple thought that you wish to throw to her side and not even care if she ever sees it but just the fact that you threw it is a the point and b just yeah yeah i mean like throwing this thought out to her almost expecting that she'll never read it Mm. does that well sit with you in a new way different i think yeah but it's I also have this idea that like almost everything that I say will just become fodder and will just be overanalyzed within her friend group and just turned into somehow a negative thing. Oh, yeah. Like that's happened to me countless times, you know? Mm-hmm. So to I, lately I've just been, yeah, with, with Maya situation. Oh, okay. <laughs> especially it's like the more energy i put into it the just worse the situation became even when i was at my best attempting to deal with it mm. you know so what would it like what would you say for them to like be able to turn it negatively because i'm like imagining how you would word texting molly this beautiful thought that you have and i'd be like hard like it'd be a fucking reach to be like spinning that in a negative lens but i'm, I'm curious like what what kind like you would like text like, hey, I'm sorry. And the people would be like, oh my God, did he like not include an apostrophe? What the fuck's wrong with this dude? Or or like how would how would they spin it? Well, they just I maybe would assume that like I don't know, always apologizing for that, not this, or like oh. somehow it took too long, or or they would pull the desperate card, or <laughs> if that makes any sense. And like with the Maya thing, for example, it's just like anytime I reached out. It was like, it, it was as if I was like, tr- they, they assumed that I was like trying to get 
closer to her? And I'm like, no, I, I'm literally, I'm just genuinely apologizing because it's, it's, it, it, it's probably more for me at this point than it is for her. Oh. <laughs> like, I just, I'm trying to find a peace of mind here. Yeah. Um, but it, it was just always taken the wrong way. Um, and so, yeah, I've just given up on that. I'm like, if, 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 if we left off on a contentious note and you're not willing to mend it, then I'm not willing to mend it. It's sort of like where I've been because I just have bad associations now. It's just like, it's happened many times at this point, you know? Yeah. And, um, and it's unfortunate that it's like building up bad associations with just like forgiving people. Yeah. I can definitely see why just, and I guess to clarify, it's happened many times, but many times with one specific person. And this one person, especially having a lot of negligence and I guess I would say like ignorance around what it means to to love someone else and to not be too full of yourself. Um, yeah. And apparently yeah. she surrounded herself with friends that unfortunately think the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's not to say that you must then cast everyone into the light of Maya. Um, yeah, I shadow, I guess, I in know. this case, but yeah. um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, um, I guess to get off this topic, there was something I've thought of. Do you, do you know people who just sort of have a lightness to them and like almost a natural tendency towards spirituality, but it isn't very conscious? It's like they've just like either their parents instilled just beautiful values in them or they weren't traumatized growing up. And so it's like, they almost have this unintentional spirituality and they probably won't even consider themselves very spiritual, but they just are. I have a very hot take on this. Please. Is that everyone that I've met. Oh wait, sorry. My mom's calling me real quick. Hold on. Oh, go ahead. I'll just, I'll just tell her to, I'll call her back. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, mama. Uh, 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 parents, uh, 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 对，还有一个事情，那个飞达哈强强让你给他们说那个校园的错。可以啊。我觉得没必要，就时间太多。为什么是飞飞飞达？飞达就是那个女人在那学习过的那个，其实你根本就不是他的学习，你只是让他学过
my mom told me that apparently there's like this really rich couple that she knows that is visiting Boston and they want uh, a, a tour of the campus. I'm like, fuck no. Um, <laughs> but they're rich, David. Well, they're not offering any money, so you know, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not for unpaid labor. Um, and also, yeah. Anyways, but um, I just hate being around. I know exactly who they are, and I hate being around them. Okay, um, cool. Uh, yeah. So my hot take is that the people that I've met with quote unquote healthy parent relationships aren't that spiritual. Really? Or fuck? Actually, now that I'm saying it, that I realize how fucked up that is. I just think, I think there's. Uh, I think there's a level level of I'm reading this book Gravity and Grace that talks about how pain and love the, uh, not pain and love but you know we, the Christian mindset is oftentimes thinking of evil as outside of God right God being good and then evil being this outside force that God is protecting you from mm. but isn't God everything including evil right yeah everything everything yeah. is of balance and I think to reach the highest of highs, you must feel the lowest of lows. And and, and I really think there's this balance involved in that, right? If you fe- if you are sheltered your entire life, you, you you there's no intention for you. There's no need for you to reach higher, right? Mm-hmm. I really think, and, and people always talk about rock bottom as the place in which spirituality first grows. It's like it's like your tree of life finally dies; it gets cut down, and you're rotting at the forest floor but that is when the mushrooms grow and that's when like, <sighs> life blossoms out of your deceased body yeah right and so i i don't i haven't every person that i've met that is shining with the brightest of light have gone through the worst of shadows and darkness frankly the mm. people who i see as most spiritual lately all have an addiction either to nicotine to weed to alcohol something a vice right yeah so yeah that's just been my experience so far i don't know if you've have you i mean have you met anyone like this honestly now that i think about it not really i think it's more conjured up in my head and it's like more of my kind of twisted version of them inside of me where I'm more just projecting insecurity on them. Who who are you who are you thinking of? Well, I just met like like my friend Ben Shear, for example. Uh-huh. Just seemed like he wasn't afraid of like anything. <laughs> like it, it, I, I couldn't even imagine him in a really like I couldn't even imagine him uncomfortable. Huh. You know? But I think I think that was on me for just not for just kind of like putting him on I put him on too high of a pedestal. Yeah. I think. Oh, I see. Yeah. And so I just assumed all these things about who he was spiritually. And um and I almost got envious because like his parents were very just like chill and artistic and so I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I just man after watching that last episode on Midnight Gospel with the yeah. mom. Oh yeah. It's just like wow. That having a mother who could teach you those spiritual lessons I, and imagine at like your most malleable state growing up 
wow, man, like you set, man. you know, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's beautiful. And I almost feel envy for the people who've had that, even though I'm sure it's extremely rare. You know, I think rare, but also not not that important. I think I I, I no, I recognize how important it is if specifically you have a narrative in your mind that you want to be exposed to these deep spiritual spirit, spiritual thoughts from a young age. Mm. But that doesn't always turn out well either. And I think that that's the same thing. I think, again, I've come to recognize how important it is to not love someone else's story um, or not, not become fixated onto it. Because we had this talk yeah. in the spirituality and medicine class. Um, this older older gentleman, he, uh, he came in to do a talk. He's like a relapsed lung cancer patient. Um, but he's also like a psychedelic author. He was written a lot of books, and his daughter mm. brought him brought brought him because you know he needed some help getting to the building. Yeah. And so I was like, the entire time I was thinking, like, "Fuck, man, her his daughter is the luckiest person in the world." He was like, "Damn, like he he had meditation, you know, Hinduism, Buddhism, Christian. He's a he's a Catholic, by the way. He's a devout practicing Catholic, and he was citing." buddhist teachings to us and like man yeah. this guy's really got the multiplicity down <laughs> the entire yeah. time i looked at the daughter and she was uncomfortable she was uncomfortable mm. and, and i can also imagine imagine being fed these massive proportional thoughts at a young age and not fully understanding them that's like reading life of pi when you're like five all you get to see is like oh uh zoos and this Indian boy is on a in the ocean. Like that's how I read it when I was like first read it when I was like fourteen or something like that. I didn't get it at yeah, all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I think that just speaks to like the fact that the story of us is a story of everything coming at its right time. Because that's how our story has to be: is everything that comes to us comes at the right time by definition, because it is your life, it is your story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah right yeah that's um, fair that's fair yeah i i also saw that so, and like you know clancy isn't the perfect main character either he has his own like he's like a bit careless to a degree that i personally don't appreciate either at least and has anger issues and has anger issues and has obviously a really rough relationship with his sister apparently yeah, yeah right so how could such a spiritual mother produce that that's a good point that's you know? a good point yeah 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 but I, I still stand by i think i still stand by sooner the better just just because like i don't know i felt a lot of torment growing up yeah and and like yes i've learned a lot from it but i i still think it's <laughs> it's preferred not to be tormented yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. <laughs> even yeah. even if i learned to reach higher and and all these things like yeah, yeah. and and you know my kid is gonna learn his own lessons as well but but I'm definitely going to teach him these things that I've learned, mm. you know, and I think it'll make the world a better place for those around him yeah. um, and, and him or, yeah. or her or them, the solar system, you know, you know, yeah. it's like your child is like Jupiter and all those 46 moons exist also because you're sunlight too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I guess to wrap it up here a bit, I was thinking, and I wanted to clarify um, 
because I think um, we were kind of skating around the issue because I personally really want to see you have a show um, mm. and how that goes down its beautiful path and, and me as, as an audience member. <laughs> Um, and separately, yeah. I think we we talked about. I, I personally, I just want to, I just want to experience the David and Cal show again. Um, I really missed co-hosting with you, with another person. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to practice that somehow with anyone. And I have a person like Chelsea, I, who I've mentioned to you many times. I'm sure at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Like I would love to have her down uh, um, on any untitled thing where we where we even we don't even have to publish it just to do that again with this waveform with us and yeah yeah i'm, I'm down I, I mean i i miss it too man it was it was amazing every single time right so i was I thinking it. you know yeah. anyone you know sophia is obviously the most convenient and just so happens to be also an extraordinarily interesting person to talk to and but, we have stories to share as a three which always helps uh yeah absolutely absolutely yeah. um yeah so, um, so, yeah, so to clear up where I am and what I am longing for, and you have equal thought and contemplation on it too, but yeah, I, I do, I do understand, I do get what you're saying, and I think, and I think I'll have my own show, um, and I think I'll host it, yeah. and um, but I, I do think we should have our own separate project together as well, yeah, you know, yeah, and and I mean I think it'll happen, but but. Man, you're gonna you're gonna do the school of divinity, aren't you? <laughs> Maybe probably. It's looking more, Cause like, more like it. Yeah, because doing anthropology together would also be incredible. Well, that's what I want to do. Like taking because I think theology, theology has its own issues. But like, oh my god, I really want to know. Like, I want to be able to say with a one line zinger why theology and anthropology are literal twins out of the fucking womb. <laughs> But just yeah. one person was given holy water at the beginning, and the other person was giving given a fucking you know Zimbabwean shaker. I don't know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're the same. Yeah, they're the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I just think one is. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but one is a little more concerned with like the content of these scriptures. That isn't always something that I'm very interested in, quite honestly. Well, that's that's you know. practicing religion. Theology is an academic discipline that like talks about interprets religious texts and relates that to like current phenomena. So, like you'll hear theologists talk about global warming from the perspective mm. of fucking John chapter nine describing what cataclysm cataclysm was is to make legible ancient scriptural texts and relating them to present day situations. Yeah, I think I would rather like just gather the stories from the people practicing the religion. And well, just, yeah, like, that's, see that's how what to... anthropology would do, right? If anthropology, if there was an anthropology trained theologian or vice versa, that's what they would do. It's like they yeah, would. That'd, say, be, that'd be fucking crazy. Why does religion yeah. matter to you, or why has religion hurt you? Yeah. Right? So. Yeah. Shit, bro, Sophia, getting her story—it's like the first step in that direction. I guess so. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. But it's sort of just been the natural dream for us to like reach that point, man. Huh? It's that's sort of just been our natural tendency is to reach this point, you know? What like point? collect these stories, yeah. but these stories that like 
are more than just stories, you know? Don't they, like, completely explode out our own perspective? Like, how much have we grown from talking to, what, 50-plus people for our podcast? Yeah. Right? How much we have changed from them. We are, I am because you are, that Ubuntu yeah. philosophy. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. How does Joe Rogan done like literally two thousand episodes? Right, and and like, and, Dude, that's and so much information. Clean to like, like reincorporate that information, right? Like, he's, I'm sure he's. I don't know. Like, so I fucking don't get Joe. Like, how could you go through all of this and then commentate on two grown men fucking killing each other in a fucking yeah. bloody battle in an octagon? Like, really? Yeah. That's that's the thing you hinge yourself on is. Fucking men in boxers <laughs> killing each other. Yeah, that, yeah. That's, that's or the same like, thing as like the Roman emperor, like, like watching gladiators literally dice each other apart and then go home and write a philosophy on stoicism. Like, yeah. What the fuck, man? I don't know. Yeah. It it it. He is an anomaly. I I, I don't get it. I don't know. Really. Yeah. I think a lot of it is just like, I I recently actually listened to like an entire episode and. You know, like he does get to he they they'll step into those moments where it's beautiful, but then they will talk about UFC for an hour and a half while like smoking hella weed. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so I think a lot of that book, the the JRE, if it was a book, it would be a lot of filler, quite honestly. Yeah, you know? same thing with the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. How long have we been going? Fifty-seven. Yeah. I'm a little out here. I think we have we have guests at the house right now, so. Oh, you should probably go. Okay, so yeah, let me let me know if a Sophia would like to do it, and if you would still like to do it, and just to be clear with me on your intentions, because I don't want to step over them, right? Because I feel yeah, like yeah, 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 I don't know. Do you? Because I know you've been hesitant with it, and I know it's like mainly because it's just nice to be us two for most of it. Yeah, that's the main reason, and I think I think it'll be nice. I think it'll be beautiful. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and I also I just think it's a tad weird. To be like two people in person, one person, you know, online. Like, yeah, like, I was half of it's in person, one's online. Like, because we might be having like a making eye contact, doing things with my hands that like you yeah. won't be getting, but we will. And I'm like, it would almost be better if we were all, if Sophia was in a room and we were all just in Zencaster as a three. That might be. That honestly might be better because <laughs> you don't. Yeah, like, I'm not kidding. Yeah, you aren't. You know, held up by eye contact or by posture or by any sort of social script that you needed. Like I'm fucking splayed on my chair and yes, yeah, so I'm, I'm laying in my bed. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that honestly that'll be it'll be kind of <laughs> weird and but I think that's honestly the preferred way is to do it in each of our rooms. I I think so. So I'm gonna suggest that and see how it goes. Sounds good. All right. All right. Well this is how um David and Cal felt on February twenty seventh, twenty twenty three.